Mike last week uh, preached to us um, about the, one of the um, verses of Scripture that uh, relate back to um, the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And basically, it is this, that if Christ is not risen, then our faith is useless, and so is our preaching. And Mike challenged us to, to ensure that we, we have that, that personal relationship uh, with that same risen, glorified Lord Jesus. And uh, I want to, um, uh, to challenge you again to, to ask you, do we have that personal relationship with the Lord Jesus? Have we met him? Do we know him? Can we say with our absolute assurance that he is our personal Lord and Savior? You know, we can come along here week by week, and maybe we can do that for years and years and never actually have that personal encounter with the Lord Jesus. And it's important that we do. It's important we know him as our personal Lord and Savior. And I want to move on. We're still in the Easter theme. I think this is probably the last week we'll be in the Easter theme, but, but Mike said last week every Sunday should be an Easter Sunday. And we are a resurrection people, aren't we? We actually serve a glorified, risen Lord Jesus. And uh, I want to just relate back one or two verses, and I'm going to hop a, around a little bit this morning. Because, you know, um, for me, the, the death and the, the resurrection of Jesus, if we're not careful, it can, it can lose the, 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 the amazement of it all. And um, as I was thinking about what to preach about this morning, um, we, were, we were watching, we were having a coffee after uh, dinner one evening this week, and we, were, we turned the television on, and it was the, uh, the Celebrity Antiques Road Trip. And um, so you've got these, one or two of you laughing, you probably saw it. But, you know, they um, have these two celebrities, and they, they have a little bit of a competition. They go into, um, under the guidance of some professionals, um, they go into various antique shops, and they try to pick up bargains and knock people down, and then they take them off to, um, uh, to auction. And the competition is to see who can make the most money. And uh, this week, I don't know who it was, but um, they were going around this antique shop, and the, um, the professional looked back at the camera, and he said, you know, he said, we're, we're looking for something with a wow factor. And do you know what they came up with? They came up with a metal anchor for a boat. And, uh, and, and the guy said, he lifted it up and said, oh, it's heavy, he said. And the guy said, well, it will be heavy, it's an anchor. And I think they paid 40 pounds for it and lost money at auction. That was their wow factor. But, you know, as I was thinking about uh, what to preach about, I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about the fact that, you know, in our Christian lives, I wonder whether we do have a wow factor when we think about the death and the resurrection of Jesus? Or is our wow factor equivalent to a metal anchor that got bought at an auction and sold at a loss? You know, we have tremendous blessings as Christians because Jesus died and rose again. And those blessings are linked to that death and resurrection. And as I was thinking about 
all the, the blessings that I have as a result of that death and resurrection. It did actually cause me to say, wow. You see, the story of Jesus' death and resurrection, it's more than a story. It's actually history. And we need to understand what was happening when Jesus died and when he rose from the dead. We need to, as it were, have a little peek behind the scenes, and the Bible helps us to do that. So what I want to, to share this morning, it's, it's fairly basic, but, I, but I'd love to think that when you leave here this morning, there will be a renewed wow factor to our faith. You know, the psalmist in, um, I think it was Psalm 51, he said, restore to me, Lord, the joy of my salvation. And I would say, my prayer is this morning that, that, that God would restore to us the wow factor of our salvation. And the first wow factor I want to say is this, and we look at the cross of the Lord Jesus. We looked at that and we thought about that on Good Friday. And let me just, let me just read one or two verses that talk about the death and the cross of the Lord Jesus. Galatians 2.20 says, the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. We sing that song, but that hymn, we're going to sing it in the second service. Man of sorrows, in my place condemned he stood. Sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah. What a savior. 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. Jesus bore my sin in his body on the tree. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God through Christ. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Do we really understand that? Do we really understand that when Jesus was dying on the cross, he was dying there instead of me, instead of you? In my place, condemned, he stood. He was my substitute. The sin that separates us from God and carries with it the the punishment of death, he atoned for when he died for us on the cross. We cannot atone for our sin ourselves. We are helpless. The Bible says, even while we were helpless, Christ died for our sin. He died in my place. The atoning sacrifice. We talk about this word atonement. We need to understand as Christians what the atonement is all about. You know, we've been separated from God through our sin. We've been separated from God because of our waywardness. And sometimes, you know, we don't, we don't like to think about this word sin. But actually, it was the sin that drove Jesus to the cross. So it must be serious. If Jesus was to die for the sin of the world, then the sin must be serious. In my place, condemned, he stood. And the word atonement, you can say it's like this. It's at one meant. You see, we were separated from God. There is a barrier between us and God. Because of our sin. The Bible says that our transgressions separate us from God. But when Jesus died on the cross, he made a way back to 
God, to, to have that reconciliation, to have that new birth, to have that new relationship. And we can be at one with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And for me, that is a wow factor. The fact that the Lord Jesus would die for me, would die for my sin. And as we come to trust and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, then our sin is forgiven. We are reconciled to God. We are at one with God. John 3.16 says that God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That to me is amazing. That to me is part of the wow factor of my Christian life, that Jesus would die for me, that Jesus would die for you, that he would lay down his life in order that our relationship with God might be put right. So that's my first wow factor. I want to read a bit from Colossians <coughs> chapter 2. This is one of, one of my favorite little passages in the New Testament. It says this, Colossians 2, verse 13. It says, When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ, reconciling, recognizing that we're made alive with Christ as he was raised from the dead, so we can be raised as well. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us. And that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. That is what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. You know, back in those days when the conquering Roman armies came back to their city, came back to Rome, they would parade through the city uh, streets on their return from battle, um, everything that they had achieved. Those of you that know Shakespeare better than me, and I only know a little bit about Shakespeare, but I, I studied Shakespeare 50 years ago for my O-level. And Julius Caesar was the, was the, uh, was the um, play that we had to study. And uh, it starts with the scene where, where, where Caesar is, is about to enter Rome. And uh, some of these commoners had taken their day off to welcome him back from his victory. And two or three of the tribunes were not very happy about that. And uh, they, they said, why have you taken the day off? And they said, we've come to welcome Caesar. And um, the, these tribunes were, they said, wherefore rejoice? What conquest brings he home? What tributaries follow him to Rome to grace in captive bonds his chariot wheels? You blocks, you stones, you Worsland senses. See, I knew that. I learnt it when I was 15, 16. I could tell you a little bit about Mark Antony's speech as well. But anyway, but, but so they were, waiting, they were waiting for the army to come back. And when the army came back, Caesar would be there with his victorious troops. And then they would parade the spoils of war. And then the prisoners would come back who were going to be slaves for the rest of their lives. And then probably the last one, if they hadn't managed to kill the king of the country where they had conquered, he would be paraded as well. And, um, and he would probably be summarily executed at the end. But, you know, isn't that a picture of the Lord Jesus? You know, when he was dragged through those streets of, uh, of Jerusalem, <coughs> carrying his cross, he was paraded 
for all to see. And when he died on the cross, he was summarily executed. And the rulers and the authorities of that day thought they won a great victory. But you know, they hadn't. The Bible tells us here that it was Jesus that won the victory. It was him who was having that cosmic battle that destroyed the power of the enemy. The power is destroyed. He's defeated. He's been made a public spectacle. He's been, as it were, paraded through those streets for all to see. And you know, we, 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 we experience something of his power today, but he is defeated. One day he will be destroyed. So there's a paradox here that the people thought they'd won the victory, but actually it was Jesus that had won the victory. It was Jesus that had destroyed the power of the enemy. For me, that is a wow factor. Jesus won the victory on the cross through the resurrection. That's my second wow factor. My third one is this. Do you know, our battles are nothing compared with the one that Jesus won. Do you know, but we still have battles, don't we? We still have struggles in our life. The old nature uh, still raises its ugly head from time to time. Paul had his struggles. And there's no reason not to assume that, that we won't have struggles uh, as well. But let's look at one of the verses, or one or two of the verses that we had read together. Ephesians 1, verse 18, says this. And he... Well, help if I read from Ephesians, not from Colossians. Paul says this, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his comparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Paul is praying that those early Christians will know God's great power in their lives. And what he says is that the power that raised Jesus from the dead that lives in us is like the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. We can and we should know victory day by day in our lives. And I appreciate we often fall short of what we should be. We think we perhaps can handle life on, its, on our own and we neglect the power that is available to us. And we're reminded here that that power is like the power that raised Jesus from the dead. 1 Peter 1 verse 5 that we had read to us again. It talks about the fact that we have been shielded by God's power. 1 Peter 1 verse 5. It says through faith we are shielded by God's power. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Those of us that are in house groups, we're going through the first 12 chapters of the Acts of the Apostles. And in our house group, we have shared how, how God has been at work uh, by his spirit in our lives. We've shared how he has worked day by day. But he is available to all of us who believe. And he will indwell us. And he will give us the power to live the Christian life as we should. 
You know, I think the scientists say that the human brain, we only use a very minute percentage of the power of the brain. You know, all of us could be Einsteins, but we just have a very small part of our brain being used. Now, I'd like a little bit more of my brain to be used sometimes. And I think it's a diminishing um, power that I've got at the moment. But, you know, in some ways, it's a bit like the Holy Spirit, isn't it? We actually only use just part of the power that is available to us as Christians. And we need to open our hearts and our lives to the working of the Holy Spirit day by day. So when you're going back to your house group and you're thinking about what happened in those early Christian days in the Acts of the Apostles, think about why doesn't that happen here today? Maybe it's because we're not relying on the work and the power of the Holy Spirit as we should. So that's my third wow factor. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living within us because Jesus has gained the victory. My last wow factor is this. And if you look at um, Ephesians chapter 2, we didn't read this bit together. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, it says these words. It says, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. It's through the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been brought near. Peter goes further and in the passage that we read together, it reminded us that actually because Christ has died and rose again, we have a living hope. It is a living hope through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. It is kept in heaven for us for that day when one day we will be with him uh, in glory. So as Christians, we have a hope. We have a future. We have an inheritance. And I guess all of you, all of us have been in situations where we have, we have um, stored something away, maybe in the attic, or, and we think it's going to be quite safe there. And you go back a year or two later and the mice have got it. Or the damp has got it. And it's gone all gooey and rusty and, and so on. You think, I thought it was okay where I put it. I did that with, I had a, a lot of um, uh, photographic slides and they were stored away in a, in a cupboard. And they went back many years and uh, I hadn't looked at them for quite a long time. But when I got them out, the damp had got to a, quite a lot of them and ruined them. Our salvation is not like our salvation is kept in heaven for us. We have an inheritance. The Bible says that we are joint heirs with Christ. All that he has inherited now, we have an inheritance ready for us. Do we know that? Do we have that assurance? You know, so many Christians know it, but still try to make it a little bit more secure, just in case something happens. Do you know it's kept in heaven for us? We are joint heirs with Christ. We have a hope. 
We have an inheritance. We have a future. All because the Lord Jesus died and rose again. Do we live in the good of that? Do we live in the good of the fact that we have a future assured? And I believe, you know, that if, if as Christians we, we, we have that wow factor in our lives, and it should be a wow factor, shouldn't it? You know, as we go out every day and we think about all that we have as Christians, there should be that wow factor. You know, I, I am convinced that it will transform our worship. It will transform our prayer life. It will transform our behavior. Colossians 1 says, if you have been risen with Christ, seek those things that are above. And then it goes on to a whole list of things that we should put to death and all those things that we should be doing as a, as a result of the fact that we've been buried with Christ and we've been raised with him. So it'll affect our behavior and it will affect our concern for others. Because if we've got a wow factor in our lives, we will want other people to experience that wow factor as well. We would want to share our faith. And we should want to witness to other people about our faith. So it will transform our worship. It will transform our prayer life. It will transform our behavior. And it will transform our concern Let's live as resurrection people with that wow factor in our lives 24-7.